Welcome to episode 45 of Terminator 101, the James Cameron Terminator podcast. In this episode, I am continuing my audio commentary series with the fourth installment in the Terminator franchise, Terminator Salvation. And I'm not doing this alone. I am being joined by a fellow Terminator fan, a supporter of Terminator 101, and an up-and-coming actor out in L.A., Ami Prasad. I've been in contact with Ami for quite some time. Him and I have become really good friends, and I reached out to him and I said, do you want to be a part of the audio commentary series? And out of the two that I had left, he chose, he himself chose Terminator Salvation, because out of the three non-Cameron sequels, it's the one that he has the least amount of issues with. So don't go anywhere, guys. After this quick sponsor, hopefully your popcorn's ready, your refreshments are all ice cubed up, and you have your Blu-ray, DVD, digital version of the theatrical version of Terminator Salvation ready to go, because it's time for some 101. Now, before we go any further, I just really quickly want to shout out my Patreon members over at patreon.com slash t101podcast. Lucas Grudzian, Engelbert Sebastian, Ruben Dobson, Danny Pirate, Ami Prasad, T-Bob Art, Marie Spurlick, Oliver Mercer, and Michael Wellen. Thank you. For your patronage to Terminator 101, it means the world to me. I do not take it for granted, and you're all awesome, so thank you. Now, if you guys want to join that exclusive list, get extra content, benefits, early episodes, head over to patreon.com slash t101podcast. And really quickly, I wanted to make this little note here before we begin the commentary, call it out kind of before I get called out. At the beginning of Terminator Salvation, we see that there's a scene that takes place in 2003. And Ami and I are talking about how that kind of ties in with uh, Rise of the Machines. And I incorrectly say that that scene is happening while everything that we see in T3 is happening. I think I say that it's, we can assume it's maybe during the crane chase or whatever. That's incorrect. Obviously, uh, doing my research, because T3 and Salvation don't mean much to me and I don't remember dates and whatnot, I just wanted to check and I found out that, in fact, T3 takes place in 2004 and the opening of Salvation takes place in 2003. So there would be no uh, crane chase going on during the opening of Salvation. So I just wanted to call that out before someone called me out. But again, these films don't mean much to me, so those specifics, I don't remember. Anyways, guys, now that that's out of the way, let us dive into this. Alrighty, guys, we are back. And this is the audio commentary for Terminator Salvation. Now, if you are watching along with Ami and I, we are watching the theatrical version of Terminator Salvation, not the director's cut. That just adds three, four more minutes of unnecessary shit that I don't need in my life. <laughs> um, and Ami doesn't need in his life either. So That's we true. are watching the theatrical version and we are at zero, zero, zero. So um, get your, uh, whatever your Blu-ray player, your, your DVD, get all that situated. Uh, pause this if you need to. And uh, hopefully you are caught up now. 
And uh, Ami, are you ready to do this, man? We 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 tried to do this a week ago, and we had technical issues. So this is a this is a take number two. I'm ready. Uh, so Eddie and I, for those of you that didn't, you know, obviously we were there for it, but uh, we basically were trying to do it in seven minute increments, and uh, it wasn't really working. So um, hopefully this time we'll be able to. And the only horrible thing is that all the funny shit we said last time, now it's just going to be us going, "Hey, remember Eddie last time when I said this?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we didn't get that far in, so there's going to be a lot of spontaneous stuff going on here. True, true. Um, all right, guys, so we are all synced up. Um, let me see here. One last thing. Movies from are being downloaded. Are you sure you want to quit? Don't quit. All right. Um, I actually downloaded this onto my thing, so um, I, guess it's, I guess it's downloading. So uh, just give me a quick second here. But uh, how you been, man, since I last talked to you? I think it's been a week. So. Oh, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, L.A. life, just crazy and trying to get situated and uh, and still sitting here just waiting patiently or maybe not so patiently for the next uh, Terminator movie. Yeah, yeah, Dark Fate. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Um gonna be a good one third, I can tell. All right. third best i'm calling it third best we're calling it all right guys here we go we are all we are all situated at zero so on the count of three i'm gonna go three two one play and on play hit your play button all right here we go three two one play all righty so we have uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page we have like a fragmented Warner Brothers Pictures logo coming up. Yeah, it's like staticky kind of. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they thought they were cool and clever, and they were like, "Who? How do we make this stand out so that when people are watching this uh, ten years from now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they can be uh, so excited?" When people are doing their audio commentaries on this movie. Yes, yes. Um, so this is the one thing I wanted to uh, bring up because I think when we initially were recording this. Uh, we didn't like I didn't bring it up until after the fact, but I wanted to make sure right off the gate. This is the only film I've ever seen in my life that tells me the film title twice in a matter of <laughs> in a matter of like maybe 15 or 20 seconds. We're going to time it because right now I'm looking at Sam Worthington, right? Right. Sam Worthington. OK, so watch. Ready? Here we go. This is great. There we go. Right. Terminator Terminator Salvation. OK. Now we're just going to say that maybe 15 or 20 seconds passes because they don't do full credits here for some reason. Um, Moon Bloodgood, Bryce Dallas Howard. Right, right. That, 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 that chick from Lady in the Water. Uh, Common. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep, he, he needed to be in this movie. Michael Ironside. Okay, there we go. He's in every military movie, I feel. Yeah, he is. Jada Grace, whoever that is, and Helena Bonham Carter, formerly Tim Burton's wife. And here we go. Ready? Watch. Here we go. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> this is what they think of you. Just letting you know that. People with really short attention spans. Like, but though, seriously, I'm really curious why they decided to do that. I don't know. Like, why do you think they did that? <laughs> <laughs> this takes this opens in 2003 before jumping to that far off year of 2018 Just throwing that out Correct. There right now yes it does yeah so yeah so this is the same continuity in terms of timeline this is uh still 
we can assume uh, the events of T3 have all happened at this point. Because they, pu- uh, they pushed back Judgment Day, right? They kind of postponed it a bit. And then... Oh, well, you know, you know, you are correct. Yeah, because, yeah, okay, so at the end of T3, Judgment Day happens. Right, yeah. Um, so this is still in, okay, so this we can assume this particular scene is happening maybe as the TX is doing that whole crane chase. We can yeah, assume. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it, it, so it, because it definitely doesn't follow right after T3 because none of this would be around. Yeah. Because yeah, it exactly. would have all been destroyed. So Helena Bonham Carter. She becomes, I think, what the uh, like. She's like the face of uh, of like uh, Skynet at the end of the film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's well, in the know, beginning. She's got cancer, right? And yeah, she has cancer, and he's signing his body over because I guess he's he has nothing else to do because he's in jail. Right. So he's like, yeah, yeah, take my body, and I and I love this. Ooh. I love the guards. Yeah, the guards. Look at the guards in the back. They're like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> We'll allow it. (laughs) And then what does he say? So that's what death tastes like. Holy shit. That is like the worst. (laughs) Like I need to use that line. Right? That's a that's a diss if I ever heard one. That's what death tastes like. (laughs) I'll sign right here. Thanks for that uh, that deathly kiss. And she goes running out. So there's the, uh, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but it just had the credit for who did the uh, animatronics and the makeup and whatnot, and it didn't say Stan Winston, um, which, uh, which is obviously very unfortunate. I think, I, I do believe he worked on this to some degree. Yeah. Um, I do know Conrad Buff right there. He was, uh, he was the editor on, I believe, T2 he edited. I remember seeing his name, yeah. And in a weirdly yeah, interesting positive note, uh, is ahead. Danny Elfman's inclusion as as composer? Yeah, um, arguably, looking at the franchise as a whole, uh, I would say probably the most prolific composer that the that the franchise has ever had. I mean, obviously, Brad Fidel is the best, but of course, yeah. um, I th- I think people, if you were to line up all the names of the composers and say who stands out to you the most. I would say most people would choose Danny Elfman. He has a lot of uh, really incredible scores. Um, actually, one of my favorites is, uh, and this actually reminds me of it, it's uh, the Planet of the Apes uh, remake with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I haven't. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, he, uh, he scored that one. And uh, it has sort of the same kind of instruments used. So I always get Planet of the Ape vibes when I hear this, this score. That's interesting. But, uh, I remember him from yeah. Man in Black and Spider-Man and, of course, Batman, oh directed by oh, McG. Yeah. What a weird time to put your name in. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> well, here we go. We got the... Uh... Yep. Just in case, you know, because this is the fourth film in the, in the series. So just, in case you, just in case you forgot what was going on. <laughs> Let's get you up to speed, guys. Yeah, you know. Only the face of New Network. So this is basically Sarah Connor's uh exposition at the beginning of t2 kind of modified though right correct yeah it's uh it's not as interesting as the play on of the uh text at the beginning of the first film um and there we go the year is 2018 holy shit guys (laughs) this film's already dated (laughs) (laughs) the first terminator isn't as dated as this film (laughs) oh my god 
And I, uh, uh, fun fact, before we went live, I'm, uh, because I wanted to make sure that I could uh, talk on this point. Um, when we get to the point where Linda Hamilton makes her triumphant return to the Terminator franchise in oh, a cameo, I literally compared the two versions. So I compared the end of the first film. I pulled up the audio of that and I pulled up the audio of this Salvation uh-huh. and I compared her and because I wanted to make sure that what I was going to say was correct. And when we get there, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up, but uh, uh, so many issues with this film, but you actually said that you don't uh, hate this film. This is the, uh, of the non Cameron films. This is the one that I don't have a problem with because they just went for something so different. And I kind of just respected that. Uh, and plus I don't, after two, I kind of stopped viewing them in the, you know, once Cameron's name's off of it, you can, you can treat it differently. All right, some guys are having fun with their filmmaking. Let's see what they came up with. Okay, fair enough. Well, camera so, is a work of art. True, yeah. Well, what, so what is your take on uh, old, old Bale here as, uh, as JC? Uh, man, it's, it's kind of hard because like, I don't know who else I would cast in the role of John Connor besides the actor that they had playing him in T2, the older, the guy that was him in the future, and then Edward Furlong. Um, it's so hard because uh, I think it takes a certain type of actor to portray this, this person that has this, this huge weight bearing on him this entire life. And I don't know, Bale, um, you know, uh, outbursts not <laughs> included i think he's a fine actor he, he's done batman he's done uh, uh what else has he done eddie <laughs> uh one of my favorites the prestige i've never seen that one i should see that one. Oh man you talk about a a top-notch bail performance he's also really good in american psycho um uh the machinist i didn't see that film all the way through I, i've but I seen mean, that one yeah he was super skinny in that one yeah, I mean, talk about a guy that's committed to his art. And, you know, I think I think Bale was a good choice. I think he was uh, directed pretty badly. Um, but, you know, in regards to you talking about his uh, infamous outrage, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think that goes to show the kind of actor that he is, not the kind of human that he is, because on a human level, that's really disrespectful. And, uh, you know, him constantly going on like that. But from his point of view in that moment, he took this so seriously. He took a crappy movie so seriously that, you know, it's a shame that the final product didn't turn out to that kind of level that he was yelling at, because it's almost like, why are you yelling for this? (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I I respect the hell out of the fact that he, I can only assume he treats all of his roles this way with that kind of level of commitment and, you know, and like needing to get it perfect. Uh, True. So, so, I mean, I've, I've never reached, oh, wow, look at that. There are all these survivors in this laboratory. Um, but I just, uh, I definitely see, I could see where you kind of commit so much to it that you might, you, you're just, you're as an actor, you're also very raw and in the moment. And sometimes certain things would strike you in a certain way. And it's just kind of a hard thing to predict. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, so far up to the, like, up to right now, put aside that little prelude. Uh, so far in 2018, what we're getting, I'm okay with. Uh, from a visual aesthetic, uh, from a visual point of view, it's okay. Um, there, you know, I have little issues like maybe a certain lighting or color grading or you know stuff like that that I'm not very familiar with. But if I was to be uh, schooled on it a little more, I might alter some of the stuff I'm looking at. But uh, you know, for the most part, 
I'm okay with uh, what's going on so far. Like, are you so far on board? I so it's not. It's it's a very kind of gray. Oh, Terry Crews. Uh, it's a very gray kind of. Um, Don't worry. He went on to America's Got Talent. Don't <laughs> He's doing just fine. Uh, he. It, it's a very um, gray type of militaristic type of feel, uh, especially with the fact that they're not using lasers anymore. They're using bullets, but uh, they've got like we're seeing the military aspect of it far more, and it's almost like a Black Hawk Down type of feel to it, uh, which is kind of like you got to embrace that if you're gonna get through this movie or at least accept it uh, but, yeah. sorry, but, I, but i'm cool with it because like i said this is such a departure from one and two very true very true and and and, and it took a risk now this is really cool this kind of one one shot um but i do remember uh, i remember a year or a year ago a week ago i was like <laughs> why is the top of the helicopter green coming up like why do we see green <laughs> look at that what is that why is it green it's what they do in 2018, Eddie. Jeez. It's what they do a year ago. Ah. <laughs> great shot, though. Like, like, seriously, great, like, supposed one take, even though I know there's a lot of fancy editing. Of course. On that buff going on. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it was done well. And like I said, this is very... I don't know. It's such a different feel. I mean, you know, you could. it's a different, like, very boots on the ground, very you know, military feel. Yeah. And I guess it fits, you know, I guess it fits. Uh, this is something that I talked about cause I did tell you, uh, so just so everyone listening knows a week ago, we tried to do this. We had technical issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we were like, all right, give us a, like, let's try one week from now. So we're going to do the exact same day, but a week later. And in between that week, I was able to fix the issues and I was able to record my Terminator Genesis commentary. And one of the things that, um, Jesus, look at that guy. Sorry. Look at that thing. Look, look at, at that guy. thing. Um, oh, shit. Where? Fuck, what, what was I saying? Sorry. Uh, uh, you're fixing your issues with the Genesis. Correct. Yeah. So I recorded Genesis. And um, one of the things that I said in that, that I'm going to say here again, because I really need to emphasize this point, is that we need to, if you're in a franchise, right, that's been going on since the 80s, we need to remember that we as the audience have a certain expectation in terms of what we want the film itself, not the story, but the film itself to look like. And we have to let go of that because no matter how much we try to recreate it, the eighties and the nineties, that technology that they had available to make the films that look that a film had from those eras is gone and you can try to replicate it, but it's going to stand out that you're trying to replicate it because you just cannot do it. It's something that is of its time and it's, and that's where it's staying. So yeah, very true. As a fan of a franchise going on for so long, you want the, like, you know what I mean? You want the movies to look like T1 and T2, but they're never going to because now we're in when this movie was made 2009. So it's going to have a very modern look to it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you want it to be like a natural progression. Like this is because obviously the leap from Terminator Two to Terminator Two um, from Terminator One, it's it's like you know you you have much more. You've got the fluid uh, CG of the the T one thousand, and which by the way holds up today. It looks better than the, the things that we see today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we'll touch on that. I mean, I think already that endo that was like grabbing him and throwing him around that kind of looked bad. Like look bad. I it's... mean. I mean, and the, uh, of course, the Terminator is not going to, you know, terminate you. It's not throwing you around. It's going to play with you. It's like, what? What is, <laughs> why is it throwing him around? 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I've said it a lot on the podcast and it's something that I really stand by. <laughs> I just love how it's like a dead Asian guy. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, uh, inept screenwriters, John Broncato and Michael Ferris, the screenwriters of T3 and T4 are so inept and <laughs> they don't know what they are doing. Seriously. I mean, go back and listen to the T3 Blu-ray commentary. They literally tell you that they don't really consider uh, T2 that great of a film. Like they, 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 they say that it has a lot of issues. Unbelievable. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say they like it, but they say that, you know, to them, they feel like there was, you know, and that's why they took on the job and they needed to put down money for a house or an apartment or something. Obviously that was, that was not a labor of love. Absolutely not. And it shows, um, kind of rewinding without literally rewinding. What is your, uh, uh, take and opinions on, uh, that little fan service that we got when, uh, Connor stumbles across the, I, I guess you would say the blueprint of the T-800? Um, so it's, I mean, in these types of movies, I feel like you're, you're not going to avoid it. They're going to have fan service. To me, the more subtle it is, the better it's going to be. You don't want to hit your audience over the head with it, especially if you're like, you have diehard fans and people that, you know, you, you kind of, you respect your audience. And I feel like you're not going to beat them over the head. Uh, so there are some, uh, I think we have one coming up that I thought was, and I think you and I talked about it last time. One I thought was kind of cool, but him seeing the blueprints, um, I had no issue with it. I, I didn't, uh, nothing, nothing in this film, at least what I remember of it, like really like set me off. Like Rise of the Machines and Genesis. Ugh. But uh, so, so if you were to rank the films, this is kind of your favorite of the non-Camerons. This is, this is the best of the non-Camerons. And I haven't seen the show. I haven't seen this Eric Connor Chronicles, so I can tell you okay yeah i'm actually catching up on that i um also liked on a side note that the um the resistance headquarters is a a submarine i thought that was a nice little oh that's cool it's like a moving headquarters that uh, i mean was a good spot to have a you know base yeah it's constantly moving absolutely yeah because we uh we kind of assume as uh the audience for whatever reason uh it's not very clear um for some reason, this incredible artificial intelligence doesn't know that uh, humans are hiding underwater. Hiding underwater, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea that it's like you're you're in a media, you're like you know you're you're in water and you're just constantly moving, so you're never in one spot for too long. At least I'm assuming that's how they've operated all this time. Uh, but the um, the other thing that I was going to mention is coming right up here um, because at this point, I think they've introduced this concept of this like. Um, this weapon that they have against Skynet. Uh, they have some kind of weapon to disable the machines. Oh, and here's the part right here. <laughs> Is it smart? <laughs> Where he mentions Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Well, way, yeah. To, way to spoil it, Eddie. God. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert if you guys are watching this, but if you're watching this and listening to us, well, honestly, maybe, maybe it's a better experience than just watching it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Who's number one? Kyle Reese. It's and to me, I, first off, I don't go into movies trying to decipher everything. I don't. I don't. Be, I'm not Sherlock Holmes when I sit down because I've had plenty of experiences where a friend calls the movie twenty minutes in, and then at the end of it, when they're right, I just turn and stare at them like, "Thanks, Dick." 
Um, <laughs> but so I was, I was a little surprised and I thought he would be more important than John Connor here at this point in time. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess he would be more important. It, it, it's weird because, you know, John Connor has been the target, right? Right. Of this, of this entire timeline that we are currently on, starting with the first film. It's always, well, Sarah was the initial target to make sure that she could never have him. And then once that failed and she did have him, that made sense that, okay, now he's the target. Um, so it is kind of strange that he all of a sudden is kind of put in the, the number two spot and Kyle is more important. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure that that makes 100% sense. I get what they're going for, like what the screenwriters thought, you know, okay, so Kyle has to go back in time. Uh, okay. So if you take out Kyle, then you kind of cut that cord. Yeah, you can't send him back to, yeah. But, yeah, again, you just, I'm telling you, the more the more you start to explain the stuff and the more you start to dig deep. Okay, here we go, here, here, we, go. here we go. So, everything that she says, besides sounding diff- like, like different, she sounds older here for sure, but everything she says, for the most part, there, there is some stuff in here um, that she says that was never included in the end of the Terminator. But the thing that was uh, different about that, because literally there are uh, uh, verbatim, like she says certain things verbatim, but for some reason they decided to change her saying in the first film, she says, will it affect your decision to send him here knowing he is your father? In Uh Salvation, she says, will it affect your decision to send him back in time to protect me? knowing he is your father. So it goes to prove my point. These tapes are supposed to be the same tapes that we hear at the end of the first film, right. yet they're different. So again, it goes to prove inept screenwriters. I, I get that it might be a rights issue that you couldn't have just literally copied and pasted, you know, her saying what she said at the end. Right. Because um, I think that was the same issue with Genesis, why they had to digitally recreate Arnold's arrival. Uh, I didn't even think but, about that. Yeah, it, it, it's a whole rights issue because each one of these films is owned by someone different, I think. Yeah. So yeah. they have to recreate it. So, I mean, you got Linda Hamilton. How hard is it to literally sit her down in a studio, bring up the first Terminator? Oh, he is not standing in front of that shit. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. Isn't that supposed to be the Hollywood sign? I don't even, I just know that it, like, he I just looked was, too blurry. That was the Hollywood sign. Oh my god! Yeah, he was looking over LA. My my town. Um, yeah, your town, man. I need to get there, dude. I've never been. I've never been to California. I've never been to LA. I've never been to Hollywood. I've never been to Florida. So uh, it's. I mean, it's sunshiny and it's kind of. Um, you you always see the weather reports unsafe air conditions, but oh look at that! <laughs> see, like that was a. Weirdly enough, that was a neat. This is a neat shot. It's almost very Walking Dead esque. Like we see someone staring at him, and you know something's up. And then, you know, yeah, you know, I have no issues with this because he is. This is a a T six hundred, I believe. Oh, the rubber um, skin. Oh, yeah, is that is it wearing skin or is it wearing clothes? It looks like it's wearing something. It's wearing clothes, uh, but it looks like all the skin fell off. There's a nice little nod to T two. 
Yeah, I didn't. Even, I didn't think about that till you said it. My mind just went straight past that. I like they've got Terminator trap set up. I like that. Makes sense. Yep. And what's funny is because when okay, all right. Well, there you go. There's your fan service, guys. There Come it is. So it Eddie, I don't sense. know if you know this, but uh, so Kyle Reese said that to Sarah in the first one, and then yeah. the Terminator said it <laughs> to Sarah in the second one. So I just want you to yes. <laughs> so you're clear. <laughs> I know why we're both laughing. Um, <laughs> but uh, what the hell was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, what the hell was I saying? He jumps out, grabs him. Oh, we're talking about fan service and Anton uh, Yelchin being Kyle. Oh, that's right. That's right. But no, uh, so last week when we, and some sign language there, uh, last week when we were unable to do it, I just finished the film on my own. I just watched it all the way through. Mm. And uh, I got to the point where, and this is something that is a big issue for a lot of people. uh, Because in the first film, isn't it basically stated by Kyle that, you stay down during the day and you hunt and, and you come out at night. You can move around at night, yeah. Right? This film flips it. This film says you stay, like, you can go out during the day, but during the nighttime is when you stay hidden because they have infrared. Oh, nice. I didn't even... That, that's literally what they say. See, like, th- th- so this plus the other stuff, I feel like uh, these are kind of, you know creative to chase Kyle Reese. Say that again? Oh, sorry. Uh, I feel like uh, these were kind of Hollywood creative decisions in the room. Like with Sarah's, um, with her dialogue that John was listening to on the tape, I feel like that was an instance of, I mean, it could have been, you know, rights and they didn't have the rights to use it verbatim. But I also think it's like, they were like, well, we need it to be expositional. We don't want to say send him here because it might confuse the audience. We should probably explain, we should probably show Terminator Salvation twice in the credits just so people know what they're watching. You know, I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of exposition just to get, you know, no questions. I guess, I guess. But like, I see both points from, I guess, both of the things, because I don't think it's ever explicitly stated that in the first film they have infrared. We don't, uh, we don't hear that the machines have this ability to see during the night, although we would assume they would. Um, yeah, we would assume that. I mean, they've got searchlights and they've got, you know, all that. Yeah. So I, And also the T-800 and T-2 showcased that he, at least they showed, that he has an image enhanced mode and he sees everything. And that's just, the T- that's just the T-800 series. I and mean, who knows what the HKs are, you know, kind of vision they have. Very true. Yeah. So, you know, I'm okay with, because uh, I know a lot of people um, and myself too, up until I heard, I think it is Kyle Anton Yelkin who says it, that, you know, we, we stay out during the day and at nighttime we stay hidden because they have infrared. And I was like, I guess that makes sense. I'm okay with it. And, you know, even though it contradicts what Kyle said in the first film. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. Although it's so strange when you think of Anton uh, Yelchin or Yelkin, however you say his name, uh, when you compare him to like Michael Bean, it's so interesting how they're, they're such different personalities. And maybe this is like a young, a younger version of Kyle Reese. Cause he certainly seems far more youthful and uh, I don't know, maybe possessed of a certain naivete, but uh, it's just interesting when you see the different actors that they show across the movies, how, how different they are. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, Michael uh, Bean and, and Anton Yelchin—that's that's pretty, pretty different. 
Very true. Well, uh, well, what? It's 11 years, right? Because he gets sent back from 2029. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he has, uh, so this is a uh, Kyle Reese, 11 years younger than we saw Michael Bean portray. And, and I buy it. I buy it. I don't know if I buy whatever this thing is. <laughs> this transformer looking thing. Oh, I know this belongs to the Michael Bay film. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's Mick G, Michael Bay, uh, uh, Roland Emmerich. I feel like these guys, uh, you know, he's the guy that did all those disaster movies. I feel like these right. guys, um, I don't, I, how did this land in McGee's lap? Oh, here how it is. Hunter Mc... killers have infrared hunt better at night. There it is. Yeah. See, there you go. Sorry for cutting. Um, no, you're fine. But like, I wonder how did this, how does this stuff land in people's laps and why McGee? Who was like, let's get McGee. First of all, the guy doesn't even have a true first or last name. I literally think his <laughs> legal name is McGee. That's, I, yeah, I kind of chuckled when i i don't know man. it's it's like an interesting i'm sure he changed it himself it wasn't like his parents were like if he shall dub our child mcgee go forth my son uh <laughs> but so this is interesting because I, I like that they kind of showcased this that they have a dynamic uh marcus wright and and kyle reese but, and, and yeah. you know, to focus on the fact that he was a bad guy in the beginning, obviously he was donating his body because he did a bunch of shitty things and he figured this is one way to give back his, at the very least his organs. But uh, I kind of like that we're seeing um, different sides to, to who he is and that he's not a complete asshole. Yeah, very true. Very true. You know, so it, it's okay that we're getting, uh, you know, maybe a Kyle Reese that we're not, uh, you know, that when we think about Michael Bean, we're like, this guy is no Michael Bean. But, uh, you know, again, we got to remember 11 years. Um, and this is not the Michael Bean, or this is not the Kyle that we initially saw because now we're, we're you know, we're moving forward in time. So we're, we're getting, and that's why a lot of this stuff looks different, by the way. That's why a lot of uh, the Terminators look a little different, uh, you know, Mick G was very vocal in saying that because of the events of, you know, one, two, especially two and three, the future has changed, you know, by, 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 by screwing with that timeline, sending these things back, you inevitably change the, the way the dominoes fall. Yeah. So, so you have a new timeline essentially in that, and in, in our, in our multiverse theory here. Um, I mean, you could do anything. It, that's, that's kind of an interesting way to take it too, because now you have much more creative freedom to kind of, and and things that you know diehard fans are going to compare. Well, that's different. Well, it's it's supposed to be different. You can always explain it off that way. Well, okay. So you say uh, uh, like a, like another timeline. I and I'm very you know keen on believing that these like the the two films that are canon happen on two timelines. Yeah, and, and a essentially, and, B, and how everything takes place on B, right? That's yeah. That's what I believe, and I still believe even in this film and even though I don't consider it canon, they were going for this still happening on uh, timeline B. How do you look at it? Like, uh, let's, do you follow that or no? no I, I follow that. It's, uh, it's kind of got tricky with what happened with, I think, Rise of the Machines, right? Because then, I guess, no, I guess it would still be on B. They just kind of held off, uh, they just held off the date and they just altered judgment day like when it happened but it still kind of happens later on on b right isn't that how that would 
that's how I looked at it. Uh, yeah, because it takes place 2003. So what? That's that's eight years after T2. So then I yeah I suppose um, yeah this would all be happening on B then that that makes sense. I mean I know that you had your um, your podcast interview with uh, Bill Wisher and and he was inter you know he was saying how every time a Terminator goes back it creates a different timeline which I didn't I had I never thought of that uh, which was kind of blew my mind. Yeah, and you know it's 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 funny because I think during that I was like interesting I never thought of that either and yeah. I, and and I was kind of on board with him. And it's hard to, because I mean, he's he wrote, co-wrote T two, and he basically helped write T one. So the guy right. is one of the founding fathers of this stuff. So it's weird for me to, you know, hear him tell me the way he perceives it, and I, but I, but I don't necessarily agree because I think the, you know, and God, dude. Rewatching Genesis, which I haven't rewatched in a long time. Oh, since your comment. That, yeah, that movie is filled with just timeline upon timeline upon timeline, and it's it, it's like what Miller, Tim Miller, has said with Dark Fate. You you start introducing all these timelines, you lose the stakes because who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you have to keep it at least. Don't go don't go beyond two. Like if you go beyond two timelines then it doesn't matter if you stay on two timelines or the way like Gershom, he, he kind of envisions all this on one timeline. Um, oh, he, oh, even one and two. Yeah. He thinks that, you know, it, it's all on one timeline. I don't understand it. Um, and you know, we, we have a friendly debate always going back and forth anytime we talk, but you know, who am I to tell him that he's wrong? Right there. There is no right or wrong, but I think if you at least keep it on one or two timelines, the, you start going to three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Who cares? Yeah, you start losing the oh well, they're alive in this timeline, so it's like the stakes just drop, and you stop, and you don't feel like the people that you hopefully care about in the movie are in real in a real state of peril. Uh, exactly. Uh, also, exactly. Gersh, man, that guy's a he's a genius. Like he's listening to him talk about that. So I told him we we're talking on Facebook. I told him I was like, I think you're going to be the one that creates Skynet, and he's like, Oh God, I hope I don't know. I think it's you, man. You don't mean yeah, no. to, obviously. But. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, he he is Miles Dyson. Um, I know, right? But, like, you know, it is funny. It is funny. Just to kind of, Gershom, if you're listening to this, uh, just to give you a little praise here, man. Uh, you know, I, that's why when I was thinking of making a live stream show, No Fate But What We Stream, I was like, who do I want on there? I want someone who can uh, take what I say because I feel like I'm very knowledgeable, but I am not knowledgeable when it comes to, like... The way I describe it is Gershom and Morgana, Morgana as well. The, both of them could sell me on the fact that these things are available on the market to buy. Like, like I could ask them, like, what is the specific thing that makes this thing function? And they could tell me. Yeah, they could. You also. know what I mean? And it's like, that's like next level fandom. I, you know, I'm not on that kind of, kind of train. I just, uh, I, I, I can't get into it. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, there's the end of your praise, Gershom. That's, uh, no, no. Uh, and also, I watched Infiltrator. It was it was great, and I loved it. It was I loved how he crafted it, and it was in different like chapters. And I just loved the the kind of uh, feel of dread throughout the movie as they're in these like you know kind of 
I don't want to say cubby holes, but they're in these like, you know, little rooms and this kind of, you get this real sense of claustrophobia and, and this dread of these machines coming to kill them all. It, yeah. Gershom, you did a phenomenal job with that movie. No, absolutely. And I, I was kidding, but I wanted to really talk about that flying, whatever the fuck that thing was. Right. Um, you know, it, <laughs> there's so much I want to change about this movie. I, like, I really wish I could make a time machine and go back in time and I would land, well, I would land on the production of T3. Um, right. But if I could land here, I would be like, why, why do you have this flying saucer thing chasing after them? I mean, we, we as the audience have to assume that, you know, there's obviously more than just the tanks and the, the giant uh aerial hunter killers we have to assume that there is more i mean if you just had those two things you know skynet's pretty stupid right but but from just a visual design from like a visual look that uh, i don't know if it's the cgi that stood out to me that made it really bad looking i don't know if if they had done that practically however they might have tried to do that um just what like what was the point of that scene they were being chased and they shot it down so essentially it's you know essentially it's useless because it 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 didn't do anything they could have just gone to where they're going now nice little product placement 7-eleven but (laughs) they could have gone without that thing following them and it would have been just fine you know what i mean uh, yeah but i also feel like in like i said once again after so t3 set like a precedent t3 was monumental in the sense that terminator movies no longer needed to be good (laughs) Uh, they didn't and so with this movie i feel like you could date all of a sudden they could make hollywood type decisions where it's like oh well they're driving along here and we could have exposition but we could have a flying saucer thing chase him and he shoots it down how cool would that be and we could put like a little screen of what how it's seeing that you know it becomes that thing where it's like how many how much action and their entertaining scenes can be crammed in this movie in place of you know uh, exposition and and, uh, dialogue and character development yeah and you know something that I want to do with this commentary as well, and because I did it with the Genesis commentary, I I said there I was like I don't want to be, you know, just a negative Nancy the whole way through. Even though Genesis, <laughs> I I was pretty damn just constantly pooping all over it. But you know, for, for I like to try to find bright spots because I don't think listening to a commentary where people are just constantly shitting on a movie is oh, necessarily. Oh come on, Rise Against the Rise of the Machines was was hilarious. Yeah, but even that, it will, I haven't listened to it. Uh, I, I feel, just off of my memory, I feel like we had some positives in there, didn't we? I, I, yeah, towards <laughs> the end. It was you and uh, David Durant. David Durant? Yeah, yeah, Durant, yeah. It, yeah. it was so funny how much you guys were just <laughs> laughing at everything and just, you know. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like because you chose Salvation, uh, w- w- with Rise of the Machines, right? You have Arnold in his last, up until Genesis, his last Terminator film, right. and he's really, he's really, um, and that film itself, I think, is very comical. Uh, from a very, uh, uh, you know, you know what song I'm thinking of? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. My, uh, your, uh, your ringtone for me. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I, funky, I'm, funky I'm sad. I'm sad that you never call me. <laughs> but you know holy okay. shit what is this guy yeah and how did they not hear it coming but <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, and i love how there's like a hunter killer just like looking out like making like, <laughs> like all right guy all right come on do your thing i'm 
I'm keeping watch. Make sure no humans are alerting the other humans are coming. But apparently, um, why do they even? Yeah, they're so quiet and subtle anyway. I don't see the. This is a cool stunt. Watch here. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of cool. And he just uh, keeps going. He just keeps going. And he always gets hit again. Um, but no, like I was saying, uh, because you chose salvation, right. you, honestly, dude, you chose the least funny of the three. I like, know. There's very little. Like, there's very little stuff in here I find comical. I'm just really mad about this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so to, to the, and it's funny because we've been kind of just diverting on these, you know, tangents and stuff. Uh, but I feel like, you know, and I, the reasons I explained to you is like, we're, if I'm in, you know, when working with a bunch of actors, I don't want to like say something god awful about somebody. And, and, you know, so it's like, I'm going to pick one that I can say more positive things on than just, completely take a shit on but i mean you i like that you're very straightforward you're very blunt to the point and if you have an issue with something you are going to not only say that you have an issue but approach the person that you know created said issue oh dude absolutely i can tell you one like for a, a fact if i ever get the chance to talk to james cameron maybe not the first question but one of the questions in there will be why did you endorse terminator genesis Oh, I will we, literally ask him. We, I feel like that was a political. I feel he had like to. it was. Well, no, I feel like he has explained it, but that, but what you just said is very true, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but that is who I am. Even if it's James Cameron, and and uh, you know, I, I, he's he's my guy, but yeah. I would call him out on it. I'd be like, why would you do that? At like, least include sir at the end of it, so that you <laughs> come on, so he doesn't say get out. You know, yeah, like yeah. he just hangs up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would. I, I would do it respectfully, but I would, you know, approach it with a certain kind of aggressiveness because I would be like, you know, your films meant so much to me and, 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 and I know they had to mean a lot to you. And you can't tell me you watching that film, you know, he did it out of, you know, courtesy to uh, not only Arnold, but uh, one of the screenwriters on Genesis uh, worked with him in writing Alita. So... Ah, uh, uh, see, it, it was a political. It was like a Hollywood political thing. Yeah. He, yeah. And the thing is, it would, it, 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 it would be like Gershom doing something, and I don't feel like I would do this. I like I would be a hundred percent honest. Um, but it is sort of the same thing where if Gershom was like, "Hey, I just created this new thing. Check it out," and I watched it, right? And in the back of my head, I'm going, "What did Gershom just do?" <laughs> but I feel obligated to be like, "All right." Yeah, you're gonna like it. I liked it too. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Or or, or 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 same goes with you. You know what I mean. I don't feel like I would do that. I feel like I would give you my honest opinion. So if you were to like be in a movie or be in a TV show and send it like my way, and I would watch your performance, and you know, I hope you would take it as constructive criticism. Right, um, right. I would watch it and give you my honest opinion. That's just how I am. Like, what? Okay, so with enough going off on a tangent here what do you think of these like moped things the maneuverability is cool it's an interesting concept to have two-wheeled non-manned motorcycle type vehicles that that shoot weapon they shoot stuff right they oh yeah they oh yeah they shoot they glide they yeah it's okay it's, uh, it, it's it, it, interesting it's one of the better new inventions from skynet that i've seen uh truck i think chase. it's one of the more practical i think um, you know, whatever that giant transformer thing was, I don't know that I'm totally on board with it. I think that, uh, yeah, this is just very 
this is just very modern. This is very modern, you very know. Modern. And, very modern. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 what Hollywood movies are now. So I kind of just accepted that, and you know, I don't think too heavily when I watch these movies, Eddie. <laughs> just kind of take them for what they are. No, me neither. Like, I'm not thinking about like even when I watched it. I'm not uh, last week when I was watching it. I was so just haphazardly watching it. And that's a shame because, you know, it, it's part of a franchise where at the beginning you really were thinking about it. You really were thinking, wow, man, what if, what, what if? if? And, and then it just, you know, kind of was diluted down to standard action fare. Right. Exactly. You know, the thing is, like, let's just say, because I know you've already done your commentaries for Terminator 1 and 2, but let's just say you and I sat down and watched uh, Terminator 2 and did an audio commentary. It, it would probably be just you talking and I would just be watching the movie. <laughs> like it would just become that yeah yeah it was tough uh because well because i because i i i went solo on the first one because it's my favorite film and i was like i just need to do this by myself but of course when i did the t2 one it was very tricky i was like you know i was just like i wanted to get invested into it i wanted to turn it up because i have it all the way down and you know mm-hmm. um but yeah and, and, and you know this oh, is cool come on <laughs> yeah this is cool this is a cool scene yeah, yeah. it's very cool. yeah it's happening very on a bridge and it's getting spun around by the hk all right that's fine oh, whoa and then they get caught by the big guy <sighs> how did we not okay well i guess we have all this action going on that we didn't hear but before how did we not hear that thing how did <sighs> uh, they're very light on their feet eddie <laughs> did you not realize this you didn't realize how how heavy that thing is <laughs> That thing has to weigh. Oh my God! That thing has to weigh. I don't even know. That it has to be super heavy. So, uh, if yeah, obviously. Uh, see, like scenes like this, I think, uh, which we kind of see. Uh, what's his fa- What's his name? Sam Worthington's character, Marcus Wright. When we see him kind of jumping off and doing these insane feats, it kind of makes sense in this particular story that he would be able to do such. Because well, we don't know that. He's a he's a Terminator. We I don't think we know that yet, though, do we? Sorry, we, spoiler we, for you guys. We don't. But if you watch the trailer for this movie, you do. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. oh my god, yeah. That's how my friends they got me to they got me to want to see this movie because the trailer had uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, the day the world went away, playing. Nice. And I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. I'm like, god damn it, I have to go see this movie. If I didn't, but you know, <laughs> they tempted me though. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting because think about it. If you were watching this for the first time, right, and they hadn't spoiled it, you would be the audience member going, oh, my God, are you kidding me? How is this guy jumping how from? Is this guy, yeah, he, he, he literally just hit the water going a really violent speed that clearly would have broken his neck, and he's somehow alive. How is that possible? And then comes the revelation that, you know. Oh, you think you're human, yeah. Yeah. But of course, they, they, they pulled a Genesis and gave it away. Of course. Uh, although, I mean, like, that's not, that's not anything new. I mean, they did that for T2. Like, the trailers for it basically told everybody he's back with a new mission. He's here to protect the future. I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's another issue that I, that I have. Although I must say, I don't know. It would have been cool to go into that film, you know, knowing, but... 
do do directors sign off on that stuff? Do you think Cameron had had uh, had say over those trailers, or or is that totally out of his hands? I I I would guess no, because if that was the case, Cameron would have they would have sat on that. They would have been like, we want people to be surprised in the theater, yeah. like, in that moment. And I'll tell you right now, like looking, I guess remember remembering they did a re-release of T uh, two. Did you see it? The three D re-release. I did, yeah. I saw it a couple times. Yeah, it's the, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. Just like the the, the stereo, they spent like what six months working on the three D, and and you just felt like you were there. And I, yeah, God, I just it just reminds me why. I mean, like I'm sitting here doing an audio commentary with you because of my love for that film, you know, and what just there will never be another like it. Uh, and I know you feel that's how you feel about the Terminator, and and obviously the Terminator is a masterpiece as well. But it's like yeah. you have to like just kind of be impressed by the fact that it spawned this this franchise, and and now we're having you know we're doing an audio commentary on like the crappier movies because of our love for the first two. We are, we are, and and I I want to correct myself because uh, it it just bothers me if I don't. I think. I'm trying to remember. I know I saw T2, the re-release, once. Did I see it again? I don't remember. I feel like I would have. But I know I saw it once with my, at the time, girlfriend and uh, my best friend like in life. That was really cool. He was down uh, just at the right time. And I was like, dude, we got we to gotta do this. But uh, if I didn't see it again, I'm really mad at myself and, and kind of ashamed. But I know I saw because I'm kind of getting these mixed up. I know I saw Titanic in 3D three times. I, um, yeah, I never, I saw it, uh, I saw it once or twice, but I don't think I ever saw it in 3D. When it was re-released uh, in, in uh, 2012, I think it was the 100th anniversary of the sinking. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. And they re-released it. Oh, it was so, that that was the best 3D I had ever seen. Seriously, because it was, uh, I, I had actually never seen Avatar, which it's kind of ironic. I'm sure this has been, you know, this is known, but th- it's kind of weird that in the same year, Sam Worthington is in a Terminator movie and in <laughs> Avatar. Right. Yeah. It's kind of weird how that works out. But uh, yeah, it was so good. So I never saw Avatar in theaters, but when I saw Titanic, I was like this, I mean, Cameron knows what he's doing. And this is a movie that wasn't even shot in 3D and he just converted it so well. Yeah, um, I actually same remember, thing with T two. Oh, I remember when I watched uh, Avatar in three D. I was kind of, I was like, you know what? I want to go back and watch this in two D. I just want to see because the three D kind of lends itself to like, oh, these are, these things are jumping out and there's dimension. But I just want to focus on just the imagery itself because it looks so damn real. Oh, I know, dude. Ah, uh, I am, I am, I am so insanely hyped. I know this is a salvation commentary, and we're gonna, you know, obviously. I think we barely here. talked about salvation during this commentary, to be honest. No, and, and that's totally <laughs> fine. I think uh, all the listeners are going to be totally on board with it. I mean, look, we'll obviously touch on certain things in salvation, but if we go off on side tangents, I think they're more appealing, and I think they're more. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> the, the movie. I think itself. they honestly, uh, yeah, have more value than the movie itself. Um, I will say though, Moon Blood, good. I think that's the actress's name here. Oh, I think yeah. she's really good. I think she is actually a really good actress. Uh, she actually is in, and I'm contemplating doing a commentary for this because I don't know how popular it is, but 
there was a, a web series that was created after this came out. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I am not. It's called Terminator Salvation, the Machinima series. I think that's how you say it. Uh, the Machinima and, or whatever, however you say it. Yeah, the Machinima, Machinima. Um, and it's like a video game mini series. So it has video game animation, but it's like an actual series. It's not like a video game. And she is the main character, I believe, in it. I haven't seen it. It's in my collection. I just She'd got it. She'd be great. You know, so I am curious to watch it, and then I'm going to decide if I want to do a commentary for it. I don't know how popular it is amongst the like the the community of fans, how many people have seen it, but uh, yeah, it would be cool if she ends up being like this is Danny Ramos right here, but that would be way too out there. Yeah, so I'm just curious where they take her character because I, I I I actually really do like her in this film, and um, ooh, fun fact. I don't know if they ever cut back to the guy that was just holding the gun up. Uh, do you remember in Spider-Man, uh, the first one, when uh, the guy uh, robs? The oh, yeah, I knew he looked familiar. The guy that the, the Peter Parker lets go. Yes, that's him. <laughs> that's uh, I knew he looked. For, thank you for. I was my mind was going. Where do I see that piece? Yep. Yeah. He. Yeah. He. He's the guy that goes. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And they and do that black and white. Ben. Yeah, they do the black and white flashback to that moment. Yeah. Oh, but no, this, yeah, this he guy. doesn't kill Uncle Ben. He doesn't kill Uncle Ben, right? It's no, uh, or no, the other, he does. No, he uh, Thomas Hayden Church is holding the gun. Wow, is it Thomas Hayden re- Church. Yeah, and the other guy, this guy, like bumps him, <laughs> and, and like the gun goes off in his hand, which is revealed in Spider-Man Three. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. this is our Terminator Salvation commentary. I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> Just flying off that the rails is- here. That is right. Well, sort of like the movie. That that is right. <laughs> that is right. He bumps him, and he shoots yeah. him. Yeah, he shoots him. Yeah. I don't know why I'm oh laughing. That's horrible. I, I totally got all that mixed up because I was like, "Yeah, wait, he doesn't kill him." Because then the Sandman killed. Wait, hold on. The Sandman is standing there, and then yeah, he bumps him. It's not an intentional. <laughs> so you can he does, but it's like he didn't mean to do it. Ugh. Good anyway, guy. so these two, Anyways. So, so Marcus Wright just saved, I don't know this woman's name, he <laughs> saved her from being, I'm assuming, brutally raped and killed. And uh, so yeah. here's some, uh, here's some uh, love story going on here. Here's some love story going on. Now, are you familiar with the director's cut of this? Uh, I'm not. You're not? All right. I think I've seen it once, and it literally is one of those director's cuts. Cause I think it's a three minute difference between the theatrical and the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so you almost wonder why, why even bother releasing it uh, three minutes. But um, I think one of the things that they take out is uh, because it's funny, it goes from rated PG 13, right. For like all this stuff, like intense science fiction battles, uh, uh, you know, in you like whatever it, right. it, it has a super long rating, and then you go look at the director's cut, and I think it literally says rated R for some violence and brief nudity. What? What happened in that three minutes? Right, but it's <laughs> funny because it's like the PG thirteen version has intense science fiction battles, and then you go to like the director's cut, which you would think is more intense. And it says rated R for some violence. <laughs> <laughs> the scenes went on for three minutes longer, so we're gonna bump up the 
They're yeah, reading. it's weird. But that's why we didn't even bother to go to the director's cut. It's so useless. Holy shit, and I forgot about John Connor. Sorry. <laughs> forgot he was part funny. of this movie. It is funny. I think uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe in this film, John Connor initially was sort of uh, more in the background and Marcus Wright was the main character. And then I think once Christian Bale came on board because of who he is, they bumped up his role. Um, but I do think what you just said is still very evident that it's still very much, it's like, where did, where, where was John during all that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where the focus of this movie is on, um, actually I've got a question about, but well, you know what my question, hopefully I'll remember it for later, but it has to do with kind of the res, like when he gets to Skynet. Okay. Anyway, just hopefully remind me. Anyway, so they're scoping out, uh, is this an HK or is this a aerial, what is this one called? Uh, hunter killer aerial. Okay, so hunter killer, hunter killer aerial. Okay, so they test out their device and it. Holy shit, it works. So, yeah, and it's like it's like a sig- It's like a frequency. It's a signal, right? That that disrupts the machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You sound so impressed, Eddie. <sighs> it's just. I have a. They weren't able to do that in the first film, and 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 in, in that film we see twenty twenty nine, right? Eleven oh. years further down the road, they aren't able to send out some frequency that just shoots them down, and yet you're telling me now, in like eleven years prior in twenty eighteen, we can have frequencies that just <laughs> kill kill the things that we fear, like. It's stuff like that, man. I'm telling you, it's so insanely hard for me to actually be a, like, like, look at this movie and separate my love for Terminator. And, it's, and that's what you have to do. But it, I'm telling you, it's one of the trickiest things. I almost have an easier time. Like, like I would have an easier time uh, learning how to be a male stripper. You know what I mean? Like, like, like like the, the, there's so many other things out there that I would have a much easier time doing than watching salvation and separating my love for the franchise and watching it for what it is. It's, it's but, the hardest but, thing. But you've also, I mean, I've heard you say it numerous times. Oh, is that a T 600 creepy? Uh, but I've heard you say it numerous times that you only consider the first two canons. So you, it, it, the distinction is possible. It's just when you're sitting and watching it to really like disengage, to really like not be so critical because you kind of realize these aren't these are not Cameron masterpieces so just Correct, kind of but... get your buttered popcorn get your coke and just enjoy the shit fest jeez that's, I mean, that's so unsettling it is unsettling and but like i'm a this is a cool scene this is a really cool scene he walks through here and uh because he's like a hybrid i think one of the 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 uh, the bombs like he like attracts it to himself and it blows up on him Oh, okay. I forgot. Oh, yeah. this is this is what sets off the whole. She brings him to John Connor, right? Yes. Yep. Pretty cool scene. Pretty cool scene. Um, let's watch. Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Some labored breathing. Bre- yeah, I was gonna say with heavy breathing. <sighs> no, but like what? I, okay, here it comes. See? Yeah, he's like disrupting it. Right. But, but see, if you didn't see the trailer, you'd be like, what's going on? 
I think if you had seen the trailer going into this, you're like, oh, well, he's a Terminator. So clearly he's, for some reason, making this thing shiver. And he just, I love it, blows up on him. Jeez. <laughs> and they skip right to him getting taken to Connor. Yeah. I do love the image. Uh, like one of the shots of like John, like Christian Bale looking at him, like just like, what? are you it's coming up here i love it so much and they knock him out with like the the butt of it doesn't common knock him out with the butt of his gun i don't remember does he but what i was going to say was um why do i have such a hard time well the reason is is because and i think you do too because you look at these movies the same way right you these are not canon they're not canon um Boom. Yeah, yep, he does. Um, why do we? Well, because we're human, right? And we want more. We understand that all I can see is Christian Bale's like little eye thing next to his eye right there. Um, <laughs> uh, we're human, right? So who doesn't want more? We all want more. If we uh, love something, we want more. We want more, but I think it also falls into, like we hope. Like there's, there's always that little hope inside of us that is going to deliver the next true like progression of James Cameron's saga. But, uh, but I think also there's hope and then there's acceptance for what we've received so far. And then when then once they set the precedent, once Rise of the Machines kind of set that, I was like, oh, Terminator machines or Terminator movies can be shitty. Uh, then that disguise kind of followed that mentality. And I never like, I never saw this in the theater. I didn't see Genesis in the theater. I did, I saw Rise of the Machines, but I, I didn't know I was young. Oh my god, look at that. That is horrendous looking. <laughs> that looks terrible. Jeez. It's a completely clean too. Uh you just know if 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 Winston was on here and if Cameron was on here, they would have found a way to I I, I truly believe they would have found a way to make that, you know very practical and you can't beat practical effects you just can't yeah you can't because i i i looked at that and maybe it was because it was like a creative decision to make it really polished like you said really clean looking it, it, it was so it, it just contrasted with everything around it so it stuck out like a sore thumb like look at that it still sticks out like a sore thumb it does it really does I don't know. I mean, I don't work on these things. I'm not a visual effects designer. I, you know, I'm, I'm just a person that critiques it. And I'm, I don't know. I it's, don't know. Yeah, but like I, I, you have to accept it. You have to just know. Like, who's it I was talking to? I think uh, Jennifer Gray in the, uh, the Terminator fan, the Facebook page. Uh, she, her and I have talked just about it. And like, you just take each movie separately. After two, you take each movie separately. And it's kind of, you, you just... I, it's hard because the, the movie starts with the word Terminator, right? So you immediately get this sense of... Twice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not going to let that one go. No, absolutely not. But you know what is funny is uh, I do believe that um, there is a... I'm going to use a big word here, and uh, I'm going to feel really cool when I say it. I do believe there is a reckoning when it comes to... Ooh. Right? I just got to chill. 
I don't know. There's a reckoning when it comes to the Terminator fan community because I think as time has gone on, more people have, and it might have to do with Dark Fate. I think Dark Fate is playing a big role in that. And once it comes out, we'll see where that goes. But right now, I think there's a, a real shift in a lot of fans when it comes to what they consider the real story. Because for the right. longest time, for the longest time, man, I was running across people that swore up and down that it was the Terminator, Terminator 2. Uh, some would say Terminator 3, and then they would cut it off there. Some would say 1, 2, 3, 4. Some would say 1, 2 in Genesis. Ugh. Like, I, I'm not kidding. Well, and, and then, of course, some people, and I haven't seen the entire thing, would say 1, 2 in Sarah Connor Chronicles. And I think that's how Gershom views it. Um, yeah. But I think there's a real shift, and I think it's because maybe Dark Fate, but I think it's also for a, like a bunch of other reasonings. And I think it is, um, you know, people uh, like uh, Jennifer, like uh, you, you are very active in, in those groups. Um, you know, it, that, it, that's why I created this podcast, one of the reasons why, because I wanted to, to make it, you know, get my voice out there. And I thought, what's the best way possible? Create a podcast. Yeah. You know, create a, create a real awareness of the, the real shift in quality after Tim. Jeez. And I think it's working, you know, I think between, and of course there's a bunch of other people that we're not naming, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. The, the general idea of it is, and I'm happy about it because I really, uh, yeah, I, oh, well, I love this. Oh, well, I'm going to use a big word. Go ahead. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a more commonly used word, but I think this, uh, the way it's about to go, it's, it's going to be redemption. I think Dark Fate will redeem what has become of this beloved franchise, at least the first two movies. I think it is going to be the true sequel. And I think if James Cameron did write the shooting script and, and obviously with help, but like, you know, I, I do feel like, and I do feel like that they were able to convince Linda Hamilton to return and with a good reason to do so. I feel like this is, they're all, it's going to be great and it's going to be redemption. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So we're, we're, yeah, we're in the era we're like we're in the time right now of, a reckoning and then a redemption of all this crap that uh, dark fate. Yeah. I know that uh, it, it, it's hard to stay positive. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know how, how active you are when it comes to looking at the spoilers. Like, are you totally up to date on that stuff or if there's a trailer, I feel like it's more beneficial for me to watch it than try to live my life and avoid it. Um, so I, I'm for what they choose to release. If there's an interview with James Cameron, I'll watch it because, you know, if it's information he feels comfortable putting out into the universe, then yeah, I'll hear it. Uh, and plus, and plus, I think the, the next almost I'm, I love this as much as watching Terminators one and two, but listening to James Cameron talk. I don't think I love it as much. I love listening to James Cameron talk about his projects because you, you, you hear the passion and the the his how his mind works and how he I don't know, it's, just, it's hypnotic i could watch james cameron or listen to him just forever talk about the terminator movies at least his terminator movies yeah absolutely and just to comment here uh that again was uh, linda hamilton and that's fine see that's like a tape that we never heard right that was all new dialogue so i'm okay with it it doesn't sound 
like her back in 84, whatever. Um, right. You know, they didn't have the budget, I guess, to make her sound young, but uh, that was okay. I just have the issue with that first tape where he uh, is literally supposed to be listening to the exact same tape we heard at the end of the first film. And yet it's different dialogue. Yeah. Um, and okay. Here's something. Bryce Dallas Howard. I, I remember when I watched this movie for the first time, I did not even make the connection that that's supposed to be Claire Danes, Catherine Brewster from rise of the machines. Wait, did they and say I'm, her name in the movie? I don't know because I mean we do have it on pretty low and I only have the subtitles on and I'm sure it's gone by me. Yeah. Um, I I would imagine they do. But yeah, that's supposed but that's who the, like that's who that's supposed to be. So this is actually like following up from Rise of the Machines. Interesting. Yeah. That's that's supposed to be uh, Catherine Brewster. But now she's Catherine or uh, Kate Connor. So makes sense. They got married. I wonder if they had a ceremony. Yeah. That's what they should show. God. Yeah, where's that deleted scene? I, <laughs> God damn it. Where's the marriage? <laughs> they like they they like found an Arnold like model 101. They like reprogrammed it to, to be nice perform and, the ceremony. Yeah, to perform. Do you take <laughs> you, John? Do you take Catherine Brewster? Catherine Brewster. <laughs> you get to say it like that too. It's a rule. Yeah, Ka- Catherine Brewster. Do you take her to be your lawfully wedded wife? <laughs> to have to hold until one of these dominators kills one of you. <laughs> See, that's the that's what I'm all about. I'm about the humanity. So. So she's helping him escape at this point. She's helping Marcus escape because because he helped her out earlier. So yeah, this see, is, that's what I'm saying. She's a good character. I like. She's her. a good character. I, you know, she's yeah, she's a great look to her, and I think she's got a. I like her, um, like how she presents herself, like how she's very strong, and she's like, uh, she she vibes very strongly of like Sarah Connor. Yes. Yes. And Danny Ramos. I don't know Danny Ramos' character yet, but I mean, if she's going to be anything like Sarah, then she obviously is of great significance in the future, and she's probably going to be some kind of a badass warrior. Sorry, I'm just watching this. Yeah, but I, but yeah no, I heard what you said. Yeah, Danny Ramos is going to be... Uh, oh, man, the closer we get to it, uh, it, it, it it's just going to be... There's going to be... Uh, I know there's going to be a lot to talk about, whether it's that was cool. Uh, whether yeah. it's uh, uh, positive or negative, and I'm and I'm obviously hoping for extremely positive, but uh, a lot of dark fate stuff's going to be coming. So I'm really excited to uh, talk about it. I'm sure I'll have you back on. Honestly, what I'd love to do is I'd love to, um, you know, the little group of people that I've definitely gotten to know because of doing the podcast that I've been introduced to you, Gershom, Morgana, uh, maybe. Even some of the actual Terminator talents will say, be, like, say no more sleepover. I'm in. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, a digital sleepover. Oh, I see. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, whatever. Cause, well, no, because look, because <laughs> if you're willing to buy an airplane ticket, I will gladly. <laughs> I will gladly fly to LA. But I would be down. It'd be a lot of fun. I can talk about this stuff uh, all day long. So. Yeah, no, but I think that'd be really cool to you know, get a cut. I don't know if we would do this like an audio recording or if we would do uh live stream, but just something to like really kind of culminate it, you know, this whole approaching of Terminator dark fate. 
Yeah, it'd be it'd be great to do that and kind of our own individual expectations and hopes and and uh, and yeah, we could talk about all things T one and two, <laughs> like what we loved about the Cameron films and what they kind of specifically individually mean to us. It'd be it'd be great. Yeah, I, sure. and I it's great because I you're one of the few people I've ever met that really loves the first one. That's a real passion about that first one, and um, I know it's like and obviously there you know the T two how people feel about it is pretty well known. Ah, has John Connor come in to kind of save the day? <laughs> is that Marcus? Yeah, that is Marcus. Yeah, it's okay. Marcus, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the... You know what? This scene coming up is kind of cool. I think they're at a lake, and those oh, there's yeah, like those silverfish or something in the water. Yes. Yeah. Is that what those are in the... Ah, I forgot what they are. They, they, they might as well be. They might as well be. And uh, you mentioned uh, my love for Terminator 1, and I just wanted to mention this here on the podcast and because uh, I think you'll, you'll find this uh, really fascinating, and I think everyone else will too. Oh, look at that. Nice little uh, Apocalypse Now moment. Um, but uh, one of my coworkers at my uh, actual job, because podcasting is not my actual job. Um, not yet. Not yet. But... Trying there, tr- trying to get there, but at my at my real job, um, your, my your day job, <laughs> yeah, my my Bruce Wayne job, yeah. um, uh, ha- has never seen Terminator, but but she knows my absolute adoration. She knows I have a podcast. She actually likes the Terminator uh, Facebook page and whatever. So she she like she'll like comment on certain things or she'll vote in a poll or whatever. Okay. And I was like, and I was like, you're, you're like, it's awesome that you're participating, but you have no idea what you're like doing because <laughs> you've never seen these things. And she's like, all right, well, give me the movie and I'll watch it. And I was like, absolutely. So gave her my, one of my Blu-rays. I have like 25 Terminator one Blu-rays, but um, I gave her uh, one of I have one copy of Terminator two. Well, because I, because I collect like all the variants. Like, oh, I if there's that. a different cover, I, I, like I'm on it. If there's a steel book, I'm on it. Um, so that I, so I gave her like, I gave her one that I don't really care about. You know, like one of the bare bones. Um, and I said, watch it. And she got back to me, and I almost disowned her as a friend because she says I don't like it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I and and you know it just goes to prove that. You can't please everyone. You can't please everybody. And even though the genres. film has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and is regarded as you know one of the all-time greats, not everybody's going to like it. Not and, only was it like a, an amazing movie, but it influenced sci-fi to come in all yeah. the time that we've had sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's so important. You, you, know, you take that film out of history and you, you sort of like these films. Like, what's the ripple effect that we yeah. see? Um, we don't know, but you know, we do know there would be a ripple effect. So uh, point of the story is not everyone loves that first film and, uh, some people don't even, uh, like it. Like some people don't even enjoy it. And one of my friends at work is one of those people. I haven't disowned her, but, uh, we do talk about it. Like being like, that sucks. You don't like it. How can you not like it? (laughs) Wait, did you have her watch T2? Well, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. I was like, all right. I know you didn't like the first one. I kind of had a, you know, because I don't want to put her into a category, but 
people in 2019, especially she's younger than me. So you're really rolling the dice when it comes to them enjoying older films. Cause I think I asked her, I was like, what's the oldest film you've ever seen? She's like, uh, when did, when did, um, uh, space jam come out? I was oh. like, Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are you kidding me? So anyways, that, you know, they're not always going to like, for some reason, old films have a stigma to them, right? Like it, it polarizes some people. They're like, Oh, it's an old film. Um, but I told her, I was like, please give Terminator two a chance because I have a sneaking suspicion. You're going to love that one because most people do. Most people prefer that one over the first one. You know, that's, a, that's so funny to me now that you've mentioned that, because I know that uh, certain people have mentioned that it's, they don't even, you know, consider them different movie like the kind of the same part of you know one movie and i just can't it's like night and day it, well especially because the terminator is like a night movie you know most of it takes place at night uh and then t2 has this kind of you know there's a fair amount of daytime there's more hope and they just there's borrowed characters and there's borrowed lines and there's you know shared all of this stuff but uh it's night and day they're they're so different from each other i could never consider them like the same movie I understand like one sequentially happens after the other one, but uh, watching them back to back would be an interesting experience for me. I've never done that. Yeah. I don't think I have either. I would, um, I, I would love to do that in a theater. Like I would love to sit down in a theater and watch it on like, don't digitally project it. Do like the old time. Old and time I know day. these theaters. Yeah. I know these theaters are still around where they show film on film like what an insane concept i i have a i have a friend a dear friend of mine and she and i've told you this before but she um we kind of uh, show each other movies that you know one hasn't seen and so the list that she had uh she had me watch some older movies like the sound of music and i forgot what else but the great escape and so i was like the two movies i want you to see are the terminator and terminator 2 judgment day and really, really, I want you to see Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And we watched the first one, and I was, and she's like, she liked it just fine. She didn't really say much about it, but she just kind of watched it. I was like, all right, watch Terminator 2. And we got to the scene in T2 where they converge on John at the Galleria and then that hallway. With you know, the big reveal where, like, uh, T-800, you know, takes a shotgun out, and the T-1000 runs the corner, and then he's, you know, T-800 says, get down. And then she looks at me, her eyes as big as saucers and says, he's the good guy in this one. And it was the coolest moment for me to like, give somebody that. Yeah. You know, to have, I remember you have telling that, me that. Yeah, yeah. It was such a cool moment and she loved it. And like, so whenever we talk about, uh, you know, watching a movie, she'll be like, let's watch Terminator two. And she like lights up when we talk about, it. she's actually flying down to LA to watch dark fate with me here. Oh, that's a friend, dude. <laughs> She's a great friend. I adore her. Yeah, um, man. So anyway, we have veered so far off this. <laughs> so where are we in salvation? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I know all you guys listening. First of all, you rock. Second of all, yeah. you understand that, uh, you know, we're going to haphazardly talk about this. And if you're not cool with that, well, you, you don't have to listen to this whole thing, but hopefully you are. Um, and I will say that I do think his infamous tyrant 
happened during that scene we just saw where he was yelling, if we stay the course, we are dead. We are all dead. I think it yeah. happened there. Makes um, sense. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, the uh, uh, fan service. The fan service that you love so much. The fan service that you crave. Fucking fan service. Give me that fan service. Give me that fan service. Oh, my God. You. So, Eddie, I'm going to explain to you why he said that. (laughs) Then Guns N' Roses. That right there was fake news. Fake news. (laughs) Fake news. Nothing at all political on you guys. (laughs) Oh. God. Oh, wait. Are they really playing Guns N' Roses? Yeah, it's Guns N' Roses. It's you could be mine from T2. Okay. See, that's fan service I'm okay with. Because it, it, it makes sense for the character of John Connor, right? Because he would... Because he listened to that. He listened to that music when he was, when he was uh, younger. Do you see what I'm saying? That makes That is fan service. That makes sense. Him looking at the camera, all dramatic, <laughs> and going, I'll be back. That makes no sense. I, I, I understand that people will say, I'll be back. But we know that this is obviously a callback. No, you do. Yeah. And the thing is, like with T2, when, uh, when, when Arnie says, I'll be back, it was such a throwaway line. It was a throwaway line, and he didn't just say, I'll be back. He said, wait, uh, wait, wait here, here, I'll be back. I'll be back. And it you made know? sense with the story, and it wasn't over the top. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like, it's- that's how you do it, yeah. And it, but Cameron can get away with it. If it, he, he wrote the line. So if he wants to have that in every movie, he can get away with it. He's the originator of that line. It's and because of him that it, it became the, the, the line that it is. Now, when you have different screenwriters doing it, then I have a real issue with it. I have an issue with it uh, because it happens in uh, Dark Fate. And I know I'm going to have an issue with it because I've already seen that clip where she says, I'll be back. Right. You know? And, 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 and she turns and she drops that bomb on the bridge and it blows up. Cool moment, really badass moment. Like, I'm excited to see how that plays out, not in trailer form. But I had a real issue with her saying that line. And I knew it. I called it. I remember seeing a tweet from Billy Ray, one of the writers of the script, Dark Fate. And he said that you're going to love her first line. Oh, and, yeah. Kind of setting up for that. Yeah. And I guarantee you that's her first line in the film. I guarantee you that's Sarah Connor's first line in Dark Fate. And I'm going to have an issue with it. I'll get over it, but I'm going to have an issue with it. Because it's not that's not how you do fan service. God damn it. I need to write the script, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. You really do. God. Anyways, what, what's going on? <laughs> so John's on some kind of bridge. It looks unstable from the look of it. And Is this uh, Skynet? Is, like, like, is this supposed to be this, like the headquarters? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like the he's at like the perimeter or at least near the perimeter and uh, Marcus Wright has basically they okayed him they let him go in because of what he is yes okay that's cool oh, I like that are. and now and yes and now we're about to get Helena Bonham Carter that's so interesting see, like his endoskeleton is, yeah it's 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 all right. It's all right. You know this is cool. I always like this part um in T2 3D Battle Across Time when uh, uh the and John, you know, infiltrate. Oh, you, you've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Ugh, I should have seen oh, it. Oh, dude. All right. I'm not. Uh, 
You gotta look it up, man. I've, like, I've seen, I've seen real... it. I've seen it on YouTube. I never actually saw the attraction, like you know, live saw the attraction. Oh, okay. So you know, like the general story. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, on YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha. So you know that they they infiltrate Skynet, and it's like an ominous pyramid. Like it's yeah. this scary looking. It's and, just like yeah, it's just like a pyramid looking thing. And he's being guarded um, by the uh, the T one million, right? It's like a liquid metal spider thing. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that spider thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, that spider thing I have an issue with. Fun fact uh, for anybody listening, when I first started the Terminator 101 Patreon page, I had uh, four levels, and one of those levels was the T1 million because I wanted to represent T23D, and I was like, all right, let's get that T1 million in there. And then the more I think about it, you know, that T1 million is so dumb. It's to, <laughs> to, to, to really jump from the T-1000 to the T-1 million and then to actually see what that T-1 million is, it's a glorified T-1000 in a spider form. It's not... It, it was, was made like, for it to be an attraction, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was cool when you saw it in person, you, you know, because they had the sound effects that rumbled the theater, so you felt like every stomp that it did, but... I was like, I got to get it out of here. So now if you go on the Patreon page, you'll see that I do represent T23D, but it's uh, the T70s. Because I was like, I got to get a T23D reference in there somewhere. Let's do the T70s. Those are at least okay with me. I'm not okay with that T1 million. I think that's one of the dumb things about that attraction. Yeah. Personally. Product placement, little Sony, Sony Veo or Vio, whatever it is. Yeah, well, so we had that. We had the 7-Eleven. Um, that might have been it. That might have been it. So these endoskeletons have such a like kind of a smaller head. <laughs> you, you seeing this? It's kind of an it is the the skull is different, like a more protracted, like protruding chin. Uh, it's just so interesting the liberties that they take with. It's like well, it's similar enough, but it differs just a little bit. Well, it is a T six hundred, so I understand. Yeah, geez, I know it's like hard to tell between those two because I don't think James Cameron ever really showed us a a six hundred series, did he? He didn't show us a six hundred series. He showed us Franco Colombo. Was that that he was eight hundred uh, though? He was he was eight hundred, wasn't he? It was never said because he was kept in like the sh- like the like the pretty much the dark. You don't really ever see his face. Yeah. Um, so you could yeah you could look at it as. Franco Colombo in T1 is, a, is also a T800. Uh, for the Patreon, not to keep plugging the Patreon, but for the T600 series level, I have that photo, like I have that image displayed um, because I, I felt like I could kind of defend that if anyone called it out being like, hold on, hold on. He is supposed to be a T800. I was like, well, it's not explicitly stated. We don't ever see his face. So <laughs> we don't know if he has rubber skin looking. You know what I mean? Yeah, although they, they're supposed uh, to be easily spotable. And... and... Uh, what gave away his positioning was, I think, the dog barking up a storm, right? And then he started opening fire, right? Yeah, but he was covered. Remember, like he had like a like a oh yeah, he true. Something... He had like a cloth or he had like clothing. Yeah, he had something all like covering himself. I forgot about that. It, it, it's debatable. You you could be like he was cold or he. <laughs> so <laughs> Eddie and I are going to spend the rest of this commentary getting to the bottom of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's the only right, one guys, of his so, kind. Uh. Pop out salvation, turn this shit off. And <laughs> for the last 30 minutes, we're going to really debunk. We're going to be the Mythbusters. Of... Oh my God. 
of Franco Colombo. You know what? Screw it. Let's get him on the line. <laughs> Franco, you there? <laughs> so he's the only uh, Terminator of his kind. And uh, uh, yeah, Marcus, right? Correct. The human condition no longer applies to you. That's an interesting line. That's a cool line. Well, so what? What model is he? Like, what is he? Do we even did they, did they show that? Do we infiltrate, find a target, and then bring the target back home to us? I don't know. I don't know if they ever tell us explicitly what he is. The thing that's weird to me about this Terminator is that, like, you know, he does like, I mean, bring John Connor to Skynet to be killed, right? This is what they're explaining with their exposition, but. It's, yep. it's, but it's weird, though, that like they didn't have like a better measure of control over Marcus Wright. He's still essentially human, but just he has like Terminator parts. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Isn't, weren't we told that Kyle is number one? Why is he being held prisoner? In a detention or whatever this place is. Um, yeah, isn't this Skynet? Yeah, it is. That's like, I thought he was supposed to be the number one target. Why haven't they killed him yet? They're like keeping him hostage. To find you out what, I'm saying? what he knows. Inept. 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 <laughs> <laughs> these, these screenwriters, God. I will never forget John Broncado and Michael Ferris. I will never forget those names. Forget or forgive? Bed. Both. I'll be on my deathbed and I'll be going, John Broncado and Michael Ferris. Get and- them. And then you'll die. And everyone's like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, they'll be like, what's... Mommy, what's Grandpa talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's okay, honey. We'll uh, we'll pull up. He he used to do this thing called a podcast. We'll pull it up. (laughs) Podcast? Mommy, what's a podcast? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And we might as well make jokes about the future in a story that's so steeped in it. Yeah. We let them stray to us. <laughs> Is that the drum? Does the the Terminator drum signal? The iconic drum beat that uh, Brad Fidel came up with. Fidel, I don't know his last name. Oh, is that playing? I, 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 I thought it did. It's so low. Me I too. can't hear anything. <laughs> Let's see. Something was missing. We had to think radically. And you know what? Genesis did the same thing where they personified. Skynet. Um, and I think I like this personification better. I like that it's, uh, you know, it's not an embodiment because remember in Genesis, it, it, it's uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith, um, yeah. He's like the embodiment. He is Skynet. I'm not, I'm not on board with that because I think of Skynet as, you know, the controller of all this stuff. So yeah, why would you all of a sudden make it in, like, why would you embody it? Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, God. Let's just take a moment to enjoy this. I think this guy's name is Roland Kissinger. Uh, this is not Brett Azar, who is now. Uh, oh wow! Oh that wow! Is bad. That that is bad. That's really bad. Oh my god! That's video game level bad. And they also start throwing him around. I mean, you could rip his heart out. Now. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Hopefully, if you guys are listening to this in sequential order, you, you're you're listening to this before you listen to the Genesis commentary. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of the Genesis commentary because uh, 
it this is the scene that we would do that for uh, <laughs> my, my my guest jason latona uh seriously and it like a funny guy like like seriously like but he's also he played john connor in t23d he talks about in the scene of genesis when uh they recreate the opening of the 84 film they obviously because it's a pg-13 film they keep arnold's junk yeah. censored Ooh, that was cool yeah. um they keep his junk censored and uh in t1 they don't do that necessarily you can actually see if you look closely, not that you would, but if you're interested, <laughs> you, if you look closely, you do see Arnold's dingling, dangling back and forth. And Jason, in, in, in only the way he could do it, because he can get away with this stuff. And when you listen to it, you'll see what I'm talking about. He literally tells me, this is what he says. He goes, like, when that scene pops up in Genesis and, and, and we don't see any dangling thing, he goes, and they didn't even give me the cock. <laughs> Where is the cock? And he just goes on for like two minutes talking about how there's no cock. And I'm like, I'm going, what is going on here? Obviously, I'm not going to answer it because, you know, I'm like, um, that, that's not this kind of podcast. This podcast right. you can say whatever you want. Uh, but it was so funny. So it just made me think of that moment because obviously they censored it in the PG-13 film. Right. Um, yeah, you know, he was like, I missed the cock. I missed the Arnold cock. <laughs> That's how you know you're not watching a Cameron film. Oh my god! Yeah, it was funny. It, it, it it's 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 funny, but it just made me think. It's like, yeah, you know, I feel like if Cameron was on board here, not necessarily that we would have seen anything, but they really, you can tell that they're aiming for PG thirteen here because of the way it's framed. Like it's a real dark area around there, and it's not a big point, and we're not going to continue to talk about it. But you know what I mean? It's it's these things like where in the first film. He didn't care, you know. It was just a guy walking up. It's a machine. It, it's not a human. Yeah. So who cares if you see something, wat, like wangling back and forth? Okay. <laughs> wangling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough cock talk. Oh my god. See, like, see what I mean? Oh see what god. I mean? It, it, it's like really hidden, uh, like to, to, to secure that PG thirteen. Wait, did he just rip off the other Terminators like torso? Yeah. <laughs> that makes zero sense. This is horrendous. See, and they have to like melt away the flesh as quickly as they can. So because but look at this. Look at like look at this like the symmetry and the, the like the body mass. It doesn't even look. And I understand that you know things have changed, but this is you're like you haven't changed the fact that it's Arnold. So why does he look different? Like why does the endo underneath like that like that head looked okay? These heads look okay, but the actual supposed model that's chasing after them does not look okay. Does not look me. okay. You know what this reminds yeah. me of is the um, the trailer that they had for T2 where you see him being made. How yeah. cool that and was. This is this is probably, I think, maybe my favorite scene. This part literally right made. here. Watching them get made, yeah. Look at that. That's pretty cool. I know that on some of the DVD menus, they used to show like inside Skynet very briefly of watching them get constructed and then you get taken to the menu. And it was, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, that trailer, man, that T2 trailer. Seriously. That's some good stuff. Some good stuff. I, dude, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I, it was on eBay or something. I'm pretty sure I came across, and I don't know if it's the actual thing or if it's a replica, but I'm pretty sure I came across like you can buy those like molds 
Um, Jesus, how much would they cost? <laughs> like, it, and that's how it's advertised as like the molds used in the, in the T2 teaser trailer or something like that. I was like, are you kidding me? That's so cool. That is cool, but... That... I forget how much they cost. I forget how much they cost. If I was just doing that well off, then yeah. But I mean, like, for I mean, there's so many questions. Where would I keep it? What? Oh, that's a that's a very fast endoskeleton. That's what I was gonna say. You know, and this is another issue that I have. It's like, why why wouldn't you follow what was done at the end of the first film? Where because remember at the end of that first film, I mean, it it, it kind of takes its time. It uh, it's not the, it, it definitely didn't move that fast. Well, he was damaged at the end of the first one. Well, so was this one, isn't it? Like, is, it, uh, is he? I know he, he just got, got he got chest he got like chest trauma, but like, yeah, he got like blown like they like they they blew him up essentially. I mean, he was what he just melted at the end of the first film. All the skin melted off, and he but was kind of but his leg his time. but his leg was damaged because he, uh, the the semi ran over him, and then you could see like that little piece that was dangling, and you could see him kind of limping towards them. You really think that makes that big of a difference of him being able to do what he's doing here? <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't know. It, 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 it's again, it's just, it's, I get it. it. It's upping the ante. It's like, oh, well, we don't want that slow end though, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I said, the times have changed and I think they, they think the audiences expect something a little different. That's weird. Faster. Looking. That's weird looking. A little faster. Yeah. The CG endoskeleton. It is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not horrible, but I mean, it's like you can tell that there's something off. God, I hate how fast it punches. And why is he trying to punch the metal? <laughs> yeah, John, come on. What are you doing, man? You're the leader of the resistance, are you? Yeah, you're. Oh, yeah, you're the. <sighs> so this makes more sense because at least Marcus is, has more yeah, parts that he's, it's higher survivability rate. Terminator. Hold on. Uh, because we've been talking, and we've, uh, how did his face get fixed? Oh, uh, when he got, uh, like, when he got there, he kind of went into, like, a system shutdown, and then he was, like, on, like, a gurney. Oh, he was, like, on a hospital bed, and they basically oh, okay. uh, had these machines Maybe. that repaired him. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, the, the, the T-800s do heal. Like, their flesh does heal. I don't know how quickly the rate, but, I mean, like. Ooh. Uh-uh. See, right there? That was a, that's, that's, that's. I have a big issue with that. Uh, what the display? Heads up display. That heads up display we just saw. Oh, how it was kind of like all dots. It was really plain looking. Yeah. It was really plain looking. Like there was, there should have been a lot more writing going on. There should have been, should have been darker, honestly. It should have been darker. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, like in T3 and Rise of the Machines, when they showed us what the TX's HUD looks like. See, it's what I liked about T2 is that they never, Although I don't think they could have like convincingly portrayed how the T one thousand sees things because it's, what is it? Its CPU is like on its molecular level, isn't it? Like it'd be hard to portray that on screen. True. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that question posted in the T two group. I think uh, yeah. that was a really cool question. I never thought about that. What does the T one thousand see? But I um, think to make it even that much more frightening. Ugh, um, to make it that much more frightening, though, it's like that we never know how it sees how it views the world. Yes, exactly. It, it, it's the Jaws effect. What you what you don't see is more frightening than what you would ever actually see. Yeah. Um. So we're left to imagine what does this fucking thing see? Like, it clearly sees. It, yeah, it clearly knows sees. what the target is. 
what does it see? Is it the same thing? Is it more advanced? You know, uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, cause I, cause, cause I really want to drive home that point of keeping things, you know, don't explain everything. And yeah. I'm going to back it up with when you don't explain anything. So like when we don't explain what the team with thousand sees, when Cameron made that creative choice to not show us his vision, we're left to assume, okay, this is what I think he sees. And when we're imagining stuff, like when we're imagining what that shark looks like in Jaws, we're not imag- like whatever we imagine is scarier. It's scarier, but it's also we're not imagining a bad movie, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't imagine a bad movie. We imagine what we think is really friggin' cool. We're not gonna imagine something that we think is horrible looking. Your so- pistol really <sighs> John. He should know Sorry. Once well, leader of the resistance, ladies and gentlemen, leader of the resistance. He should know better. He should know better. He punches terminators and fires his pistol at them because uh, that's what you do. Um, one of the other things that I loved, uh, this was kind of like you know, if you go to James Cameron online and you get like the backstory and the, all the you know, the movies, is that uh, Skynet itself feared the T one thousand. Like it had it locked away as like and it didn't want to use it, but when the war losing the war it was a measure of last resort it didn't have another choice so it just unleashed the t-1000 not knowing what was going to happen yeah that was that was so scary to me that it's like the skynet is afraid of this thing and then yeah then john connor manages to incapacitate this what is going on that it's like it's like a smelting thing isn't it that thing would have melted that oh. almost contradicts. That almost contradicts the ending of T two because it's like, oh well, I thought he went into the molten steel and was killed. Oh well, clearly yeah. here, molten steel can hit him and they can still keep going. <laughs> I am so sorry, man. Like, I, oh, fuck, this movie is frustrating. No, I get it. It it wouldn't frustrate me if it didn't have in the title Terminator. If it was just called Salvation, fine, whatever. It's the fact that the that they had the the gall to make this part of the franchise and it manages to like shake loose it's still going oh uh, my god i'm sorry everybody listening if uh, like if i just seem like a real negative nancy (sighs) i'm trying to be positive here i'm trying i'm trying i mean how is it like wouldn't it just kind of come apart then if it was even able to move it's not like it. I guess it was are they, so the maybe the steel hardened on top of it and it was able to shake it off, and then here's John Connor getting stabbed. Now, something that I wish they would have done, and this is something that I know is uh, out there, so I might not be saying anything that's new to you, but if I am, and I'm also speaking to the listeners, uh, in the original script, John Connor was supposed to die. Whoa. And I didn't know that. Yeah, he was supposed to die. He was supposed to, ha- like, what just happened was going to happen, and he was going to die. Now, obviously, we know that the film ends with, um, uh, what is it, Marcus giving John his heart. And that's cool. I'm, a- I'm okay with that. But I think that Salvation would have really stuck out and would have had that same thing that T3 had where, okay, maybe people don't like 
the, like the, like the majority of T3, most people love the ending of T3 um, because it's ballsy because it, you know, it goes there. It's judgment day. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh shit. Here, here is judgment day. This is it. We, we, we can't stop it. It's, it's about to happen in five, four, three, two, one. Um, I think salvation would have had that same kind of thing where, Oh my God, they had the nerve to kill John Connor. And then where do we go from there? And I think it would have been a much more satisfactory, like satisfact, like satisfying is what I'm trying to say ending. Uh, then this happy-go-lucky, oh, here, you can have my heart. I don't need it. Oh, so that's why they kept mentioning he's got a strong heart. I get it now. You know what I mean? It, 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 it would have really stuck out. Like, damn, this movie sucked, but they had the balls <laughs> to kill. They had, they had the balls to kill. That's a Stop cool shot. I think, yeah. I think, I think that was a, like a miniature they blew up there. Well, I think, I think it was that attempt that they tried in Genesis. Where it was like, what if we made John Connor the bad guy? Oh, my God. Holy shit. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah. Uh, see, yeah. Yeah. It was that kind of play, but it didn't work because you can't freaking make John Connor the bad guy. God. You can't make John, you can't make John Connor the bad Well, you, who's to say you can't? Clearly, it didn't work. Um, you could, in theory, make him the bad guy. I don't know how you would write that. Uh, it, it, that just came down to uh, really bad casting. I think Jason Clark was a pretty poor choice for that role. Um, but you can kill him. And, dude, I'm telling you, man, I haven't followed Dark Fate spoilers, but obviously I have come across uh, you know, one or two mentions of John Connor possibly dying in Dark Fate. Right. Dude, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you. I, uh, I, I'm on board. I'm on board. I think if you want, if we want Terminator to keep going and going good, you, you have to get past John Connor. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the Halloween thing, you know, it's, there's so much more cool, interesting stories that you can do. Why are we, why do we keep lingering on Michael Myers and Laurie Strode? Well, I'll definitely say that that kind of, um, follows the star wars model with episodes of seven and eight i mean getting rid of han solo and luke skywalker i was like i was pre- i was pretty devastated losing luke uh so maybe that could be a way to go about it to get rid of john connor um, do it that would do definitely it. that would definitely put the fear i feel back into the story it would definitely go back into a um, terminator one type of feel where it's like well anything's uh, all bets are off on the future now yeah Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Then, and then now, and then now, and then for some particular reason, uh, Danny Ramos is of great significance. And I, God, that's that's one of the things I'm so curious about: is who, it, why is she so important? What does she do? What, what part does she what role does she play in the future? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I uh, I want them to be able to. I want the film to be incredible, and I want them, and I want them the the film to be successful enough. So that they are able to continue, yeah. Continue, yeah, because they are really, you know, they're doing the the standard thing everyone does nowadays. But I have real faith in it. I want that trilogy, you know. Uh-huh. I want to see. Wait, does this one yeah. taste like death? Yeah, right. He's like, ooh, this one tastes like <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should oh, say. Oh my god! But uh, it's. We we're talking about uh, uh, Terminator and, and Dark Fate, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, ain't that sweet? <laughs> oh, he's scared to grab hold of it. Boo! You should have killed John. 
anyways. But yeah, it, oh, I had two things that I'm kind of basically wanting out of. I'm really curious about Dark Fate, and I hope they do it right. But what Danny Ramos, what what importance she has in the future, and then secondly, I because we got a glimpse of it, but I want to see how they portray this new future and this new future, like you know, war against the machines. I I'm so fascinated by what you know, the future that took the place of the future that we knew. Right. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, you didn't see it, did you? You didn't see that clip, or did you? I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, it's, it, looks, it looks dark. Good. I'm happy. Like, I'm okay with people reporting to me. Like, so, like, if other people see the stuff and they tell me, you know, that's one thing. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from the visual thing. So when I go into the theater, if, if nothing else, the visuals are new to me. That makes sense. I get you it. Know? Yeah, uh, I think it was you that told me there's, like, it's, like, some spidery looking thing. Yep. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You're fine. Dude. You're fine. They have like it's like the, they look like T800s, but they have like tentacles like coming out of their back, and it, it just looks creepy as all hell. Huh. So uh, it makes you wonder, like, you know, what changes are in store. Mm-hmm. Movie's over. In loving memory, of loving Stan memory of Winston. Stan Winston. That was nice. That was nice. Um. Ooh, and in loving memory of Joseph R. Oh, I don't know how you Quebec. say it. Kubik, I don't know. Kubrick? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're not going to say that. There is only one Kubrick. Um, I like that last line. Again, fan service. There is no fate but what we make. <laughs> That's a pretty good piece right. to bail. Thanks. We are dead. We are all dead. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, seriously, dude. All right. Anytime someone says, like, it's not like people walk up to me and say, hey, do a Christian Bale. But if someone, I swear to God, if someone says, like, you know, who do you impersonate? And I, and I think of Christian Bale, I go, what don't you fucking understand? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That one girl's name was Alden Lowercase. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Barry. It's interesting. So that was uh, that was a commentary that we, we really flew off the, the rails for that, but... Uh, so it is oh, okay. T-600. There it is. Okay, uh, uh, T eight hundred Roland Kicken Kicken Kickinger. I think I said Kissinger. Roland Kickinger. Um, yeah, it was a T six hundred, and I think Roland Kickinger he actually played Arnold in a TV biopic called See Arnold Run. Uh, it was like when it, it like chronicles his journey up until being elected governor or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really curious to check it out. It looks huh. horrible. <laughs> like it, like it looks like a lifetime kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I think it actually yeah. might have been lifetime yeah. or home or something. I'm, I'm hoping at some point in my adventures here in, in LA that I bump into to Arnie and, and uh, James Cameron, and I would just be like, "Hold on, I had to call my friend Eddie, and we can we can, well, we'll be able to hear him shit his pants across the phone. It'll be great, <laughs> dude. If there's anyone that will, yeah, man, you're right in the you're right in the heart, dude. I mean, uh, yeah. So we I just have, have to get uh, the door. right? Yeah, we have uh, until this recording stops. We have seven minutes, so we're gonna fill these seven minutes with, because uh, I mean we've talked enough about salvation. So thank you guys for listening. <laughs> yeah, I hope it was, I hope it was uh, fun for you guys. I hope it wasn't you know too off the rails, but can't help it. Um, yeah, I can't help. It. And it's been a lot of fun. It's and I I've never really done this before, so thank you, Eddie, for the opportunity. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, this stuff, I mean, 
it's all, you know, it's all in the moment. It's all improvised. So, um, but uh, these last few minutes here before uh, we get disconnected, I want to, uh, if anyone wants to find you, assuming you want people to find you, where can they find you? Oh, so I've got, uh, I guess I've got a Facebook account. Um, and so my name is uh, Amitesh, A-M-I-T-E-S-H, last name Prasad, P-R-A-S-A-D. I'm pretty sure I'm like the only one in Los Angeles, California. And, um, and uh, yeah, Ami, A-M-I is this my first, I go by Ami, and then P-R-A-S-A-D for my uh, Instagram account. And that's pretty much where you can find me. I'm, I'm you know, just kind of uh, doing the, I did the acting work in Portland, Oregon, and then I moved down here. And so I was in, I've been in some TV, but I'm trying to pursue it full time and make a career out of it. That's yeah. Okay. And I mean, obviously go, you know, go check them out. Um, it's, it's, it's one of these instances where, you know, this could be uh, something that in five, six, maybe, maybe even less than five years, uh, you, 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 you look back and you're like, dude, you got, you got Ami Prasad on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, oh, you, got, holy you, shit. Got Ami Prasad. you know what? I mean? <laughs> Never say never, man. There is no fate of what we make. I know. Um, right. Every, there was always a choice and all that. And I don't believe yeah, in dude. destiny and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I certainly, I certainly hope that's the outcome. And if that's the case, I'll definitely give you a shout out and I'll definitely, I mean, hopefully you're still doing this and you're still pursuing the thing that you love and, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and, and also, I have to say, sorry to cut you off, but I have to say, like, what you have done with this podcast has been nothing short of amazing. Like, the people, like the Bill Wisher, uh, I know you've got a wonderful monumental episode coming up. I think it's going to be your number 50 or number 40, 50? Uh, how many episodes have you got? 50, yeah. I know you've got some, you know, I know who you've got, too. And it's, it's, compl- it's so incredible to me, like, the impact that you've had doing what you've been doing. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I started out doing it because I just wanted to talk about Terminator. I only got the idea of trying to get the actual people on. And uh, from, I, cause I went back and I listened to the episode. Uh, I think it's one of like the very first episodes it has, it's with Ben Bateman and he's a, uh, he's on like popcorn talk uh, on YouTube. He's on Collider. He, yeah, uh, he's, in the, one, yeah. he's in the, he's in the movie trivia Schmodown now. I don't know if you follow that, but uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty, he, he's a pretty prolific person. If you're into that kind of stuff, like on YouTube and watching it and um, he's a great guy, but uh, I, I listened back to that episode cause I was just curious to see how it sounded. And uh, he, I think he kind of influenced me because he was like, you know, I'm thinking of doing a like a new podcast where I, I just reach out to like Robert Patrick, we'll say, and see if I can get him on my podcast for like half an hour. You know, it can't be that hard to get these guys on. And I think in retrospect, that kind of was like the starting point of going, hmm, maybe I should try that. And it's just been, yeah, like, you know, it's just been incredible. Like, I'm so happy with the outcome of it and if people get enjoyment out of it then that's just even better because i get enjoyment when i talk to them you know yeah uh, i mean it, it, it's it's just insane you've had you've had brett azar you've had uh entire reyes uh, no i had uh, uh, uh claudia trujillo oh claudia, oh i thought you oh, oh sorry my mistake I, I have not had natalia yet uh i did reach out to her she hasn't responded um uh-huh. No, uh, Claudia. She's in Dark Fate. She's going to be on the bridge scene. She's that couple that's making out. 
Oh, right. And uh, I forgot who the... Uh, Daniel Ibanye. Yeah, I, re- I heard that one, too. Those were, And then you did, uh, you had uh, Bill Wisher, which I already said, but that was such a great episode. That was such a fantastic uh, episode. Like, hearing Thank it you. from, from you know, Bill Wisher. You know, he's, I, he was one of those guys I could listen to talk forever, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I can't believe that you've, you, you know, be able to talk to the people that have had such, you know, that were such an integral part of this. It's incredible. It is. Yeah. And uh, it's no surprise. Number 50, Michael Bean. So, I mean, I've been holding on to this dude. It's so hard. <laughs> we, we, we recorded that back in May and uh, I always knew I wanted it for the, for the 50th. So it's been so like hard holding on to this thing and not just putting it out there, but right. it's going to pay off. Um, I'm really excited for it. So that's I'm coming up. Too, um, this uh salvation commentary is probably going to be episode either 44 or 45 so i don't know how i'm going to place them all because i have some other episodes i've recorded so i just got to determine the release but uh it's coming soon so get ready to share and uh we even went through all the credits there so wow thank you guys so much for listening thank Uh, you guys thank you ami for coming on man obviously this isn't the last time we'll talk I hope um, not, man. It's been fun. Yeah. And uh, one of these days, man, I'd love to, you know, I think the ultimate goal is when you meet someone on social media through whatever, the ultimate goal is if you really like establish a connection, then you try to meet person to person. Cause when I met Dave Durant, it was so surreal. So hopefully we can make that happen one day. Yeah, that'd be great, man. And, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds, but, uh, you know, as long as we're both, I th- you know, if we're both doing well, then I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. Exactly. So there it is, guys. Uh, we're going to go. So thank you so much, Ami. Any sign-off uh, that you want to do? Um, chill out, dickwads. That's, that's, my, nice. uh, that's my line to end it on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So do that. <laughs> definitely, d- definitely chill out, guys. Dickwad. <laughs> and you know what's coming. Until I talk to you guys next time, keep on terminating.